Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Welcome back to another fun filled episode of Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name's Amino Hassan. I'm joined as always by Black Trey, Big Jerv. This is a big Waz week. And guess what, guys? We brought the band back together. My guy, Mariano Bivens, is back on the show. Uh, so, uh, produced as always by Rob Lopez. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have a very excited voice right now. I'm very, a very happy voice in this intro. This ain't a happy podcast. I mean, we try to find some joy, but it's tough. We we're going to talk about DMX's life and legacy. Obviously this is a guy that we all loved and missed and, and grew up with his music and really appreciated what he brought to the table. I brought a special guest, my, one of my best friends in the world, elite, you guys might know him from his production work on Dreamville, but Elite formerly, he's got to start with Rough Riders. So we're going to ask him about DMX, working with DMX, some fun DMX stories. And we're just going to remember the man's legacy. We're not going to talk about the negative stuff. We're going to talk about the positives when it comes to DMX. And then later on the show, Dante Wright. I know you guys have probably seen this in the news already. Young man who was murdered by Minneapolis police uh, this last weekend for the crime of hanging too many air fresheners. I mean, you can't write this shit. It's just so fucking ridiculous. So we're going to get some stuff off our chest this episode. Bear with us. As always, patreon.com slash count the dings. Become a Patreon. That's where we get all the extra content as a thank you to you guys, including we have another overflow this week. We're going to talk about Snowfall. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. Why he got so mad that uh, then shooter called him nigger. Uh, we're also going to talk about some other stuff in there. So you definitely want to join us for that. <clears throat> Patreon.com slash count the things. If you're not a member, jo- join up, sign up. Uh, beyond the bomb overflow episodes, we also have the Cinephobe special edition episodes. The Cinefeud, where me and Zach go head to head on trivia about some of the awful movies we've watched. You have the special edition episodes about uh, certain things happening each month. 
we had uh, in February at Valentine's Day. In March, we had St. Patrick's Day. April, we're going to celebrate 420. So you don't want to miss the special edition 420 episode that will drop on the Patreon for our Patreons only. Definitely do it, guys. Trust me, it's worth it. But anyways, enough selling in you guys, enough pressuring you guys to help us out with good reviews and all that stuff. Let's get to the show. Let's 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 go ahead and welcome Alita in and let's talk about Dark Man X. You know what I'm saying? These rough rider niggas. Dog. I heard these niggas is for real. Dog. Uh-huh. That's my man. But I heard these niggas supposed to be like locking down the industry on some shit, on some power shit. Dog. That's my man in there. Mm. So what I'm doing? Right, right. My man's in them is doing. Because right. That's my man's in them. <laughs> you know. I feel you. Now you feel me. I feel you. So you know when you fucking with me? Right, right. You fucking with Uh-oh. What have you done now? Yo, so, but the streets miss somebody more important than me. We miss DMX, man. It's, I think, I'll be honest, man. A lot of people passed away over the last, you know, couple of years. Here, Chadwick Boseman, a couple other names, Kobe, obviously. I think DMX is the biggest reaction I've seen since Kobe in terms of people passing away because. He was just a dude like Kobe. He's like kind of larger than life. Like X would be fine. And unlike Kobe, this dude lived a crazy ass lifestyle. Like 
a lifestyle that has a short life expectancy to it. But for some reason, like I was never, I thought he's going to be like Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones. Like they don't matter what they do, they're going to be alive forever. Yeah. And so for him to have, you know, even when he was in the hospital, say he's in critical condition, I'm like, it'll be fine. He's actually he's going to be fine, man. They can have a funny story about it. You're going to talk about meeting God or whatever. And, 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 you know, it didn't, it didn't work out. And so I think, I don't know about y'all, but for me, I'm in shock. But I did want to have uh, my friend Elite on because y'all know him, obviously, from producing tons of hit records for Ari Lennox, for Cole, for all types of artists. But before that, he had he lived another life where he was at a Rough Rider. <laughs> and, and Elite, let me ask you first, man. Did you ever have to ride a motorcycle? Like, did they ever make you ride like a, a four-wheeler or something just to pull nah. you down? No, no, fortunately not. I, I I managed to avoid that, but yeah, they were. It was an option, just wasn't a requirement. <laughs> Elite, it feels like Dreamville and Rough Riders is rap camps don't have a lot in common. Am I wrong to make that assumption? <laughs> You're complete. You know, yeah, it's complete. Like complete different, um, different vibes, different. Uh, you know, same principles but like different execution you know what i mean like very very different um for sure yeah was i knew it was different when i saw that video of boss on the atv like (laughs) what was it was a slingshot he was on one of them fucking weird ass joint and he he bought the first day he bought it he drove it all the way to the crib and crashed it as he got into his <laughs> gate. So therefore had to bring it right back to get it serviced. First day. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I knew it was different. That was the day I realized there might be a I difference. mean, you gotta know it's different when you listen to Styles piece on Holiday. It's different from like, just, yeah. Anybody that has that in their camp is like, yeah, nobody. Did Styles go to jail for stabbing somebody in the ass? Allegedly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I dove that deep into that. But, you know what I mean? I rewatched the Rough Riders Chronicles. I did not notice that story pop up. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, ironically, with that being sh- with us uh, highlighting the Rough Rider Chronicles um, early on in the year, was it early on in the year or was last year? Last I'm not year. Sure, like but I can't even keep bro. up. With, I can't even keep that up with the times. But ironically, we got a scope into how he got you know, on drugs and, you know, the demons that he battled and obviously the career that he had and obviously the up and downs and then also the wins and being at the peak. Um, So it wasn't really, I guess, crazy to me, you know what I'm saying? But also I didn't know him personally enough to, to use the words that I'm at peace to have that personal connection with him to say, you know, as Swiss B said, my brother is finally, you know, transitioned and is is good but as a fan and someone who consumed his music at 13 14 years old you know what i mean like between 98 and 2003 was my entire high school years um dmx was like pivotal pivotal you know what i'm saying and i used to be like rough riders versus cash money all the time and then obviously his prayers you know me relating it as far as in christianity and things of that nature like and also relativity as far as drug use and my mom being, you know, in that situation, everybody's battles is different. And I felt like no matter what X was dealing with, you know what I'm saying? From the outside looking in, he was embodying everybody else's, but not his own sometimes. You feel me? 
And right. uh, with Swiss message, you know, the other day that he put out was like the time that he was actually, I guess, safe or had some peace of mind was when he was in jail. And that's kind of crazy because he couldn't use, well, he had well, see, time that- to like really think and just focus and kind of be him, I guess. And that's, and that's kind of a wild scenario. That's what well, that's a wild. That's one of the reasons I wanted elite here because you brought us something in our group chat elite where you brought up the lyric where he said he, he came back, he was gone for seven. He came back of 14 or whatever. And that's, yeah. it's just a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy kind of thing to think about someone who's spent their life basically institutionalized. Yeah. I mean, that lyric alone, I mean, yeah, it, if I was saying, I think it was in Slippin', right, when he said that, and I was like, that sounds like, if you just heard that song, you didn't know DMX's story, it sounds like a made-up rhyme. Like, come on, man, you went to jail at seven and came back at 14. It sounds like some over-exaggerated rap lyric, you know, but it's like, no, he really did, you know? <laughs> it's like, that's, I mean, I don't know, they say it was like jail. I don't know what they, you know, they say that the the, the home that he went to was basically like for extremely, like, um troubled youth and it was pretty much like a prison you know so to 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 experience that from age seven to 14 i mean that just puts you in a whole different league of like trauma you know that yeah. i can't even begin to understand so, what that would be like so elite what like what was your first experience you know after joe rough Rider? what was your first experience with x like oh man well, I had a couple. Well, the first one, the first was I remember I was at the studio because I was an intern at first. Now, yeah, that's, keep in mind, that's what I was, I was like, like, at you, how'd you get involved with Rough Riders? And then how did you start find your way to start working with X? Yeah, well, basically, I did a summer program um, with my school, SUNY Purchase, um, which is, you know, Westchester School. And um, Dean Wah's younger sister, Alima Dean, uh, she was in the same, um, it was a music class and she was in the same class as me and we met through there. So she kind of took me under her wing and got me an internship and ended up managing me, um, but got me an internship at Powerhouse in Yonkers, which was the Rough Rider studio. And I was like, you know, 19, I think at that time, maybe 18. And, you know, at this time, this was around the time they were working on Scorpion for Eve. So that's how I always mark it by that album, because I remember when I came in, they were all talking about that album. So, you know, X was already like super, super mega, like the mega X years were kind of already done. And like, I mean, he was still at his, you know, he was still huge, obviously, but um, it was, you know, a little bit later on in the, in the timeline. And we had a student, we had, it was like rumors were that X was going to come in for a studio session at powerhouse. And he didn't usually use powerhouse anymore because like he had graduated to like super megastar. And like at that time, powerhouse was for like drag on and like gin and like infrared and cross. And like these guys who were, you know, sometimes Jada kiss would come through, but even that was like, Oh shit. You know, like, so, um, one night we had a rumor that X was going to come through and they put like, they made the studio look all nice. They had all the snacks, all the food and everything. And I was so excited. Like I made sure I was there on time. I was waiting the whole night and he never showed up. <laughs> I was like, damn man, where's DMX? So anyways, I didn't end up meeting him for a while. Um, 
but what happened was I, I, I got to go on tour. I actually produced a song for him and Bizarre Royale that was on his album Year of the Dog. Bizarre Royale was signed to Bloodline. That was DMX's label. And that was like a track that basically I wasn't in the studio or anything when they made it. I just did the beat. They did it. And I became real, real close with Bizarre Royale because we were both there for the for the for the mix. And he was real cool. So we became real close. And Bizarre was opening up for DMX. So he invited me to come on tour. And I was just like, oh shit. All right. So this is 2007, Year of the Dog tour. First night, first show in Philadelphia. Um, first song, DMX gets up on stage. Within like 20 seconds, somebody I guess threw like water on on him uh from the crowd and he just jumps off stage and beats the shit out of this guy and it was crazy right. wait it was even crazier though not only was that crazy but like he gets back up on stage and like they, they he's like i guess some some people just don't know and then the dj dropped who we be who we be it was like wow. da-da, da-da, da-da. and the whole place just went crazy i was like this guy is a superhero like what is going on right now like, the fact that you could beat somebody ass and then go back to performing is nuts no like the, the, but the transition like is so smooth that's huh? crazy. Like that's the smoothest transition ever. Like, like I guess they just don't know. And then it's like, who we be? That's the song. That's really the song. Like that's insane. I give props Wait, I, to the DJ because I don't think that was part of the set. I think he just. I was gonna say, out. is that part of the set? That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Imagine DMX showing up and just beating up no, a random nigga in the crowd. I'm, I'm gonna be, tell you this. I'm gonna beat up a nigga in the crowd. Then you gonna play the who we be? <laughs> right. what, what, it's gonna what be a nigga that's gonna throw water on me. It's 2007, oh, and that, so that was my first introduction to him, like in person. I think, I, think I was there. For real, in Philly? <laughs> I, think I, I think I was. I think I was at that show. That, that, yeah, that was that was kind of lit. That was kind of a fire show. That was, that was you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Jerv, they got no. washed up by X. No, I, I definitely, definitely didn't get washed. I'm Yo, but, but side note of the story, they'll fuck the media. How they trying to write my man X off like that? He's officially on the no slander list. Um, relatability as far as like drug abuse and fuck drugs. First of all, um, with all caps. You know what I'm saying? It's one in every family. You know what I'm saying? Relatability. You got an uncle, you got a cousin, you got a mom, you got an auntie, you got a friend that, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a sick disease that, yeah. you know, obviously the show we're going to talk about later is highlighted pretty much and ruined. But what I seen and what I noticed, you know, after X passing, was this nigga real name is Random Man X. And the reason why I call him Random Man X because everybody had a DMX story. It's kind of similar to like Nipsey because like he was that accessible. Like right. I seen where the nigga actually went into a waffle house and yep. made an omelet. What are you what, doing? What, what you got to leave? <laughs> give us a, yeah, give I got us one a of those. <laughs> so, I mean, the main thing about X that I took away from being on tour with him was like how, you know, he was mega famous, you know, like there are some people who are famous and some people who are mega famous. He was more famous than I think he was successful at that time. It was like, he was so famous. Anybody who saw him, it was like, ah, oh my God, it's DMX. So everybody would come up to him, you know, he was so approached like so often and he was so present. Every time somebody would approach him, he'd never brush anybody off. He'd never give them like, oh, okay, okay, what's up, man? But he would like stand there with you, hear everything you have to say. Anything you gave to him, he'd give it back to you the same level of love, you know, and that really um, 
stuck with me, you know, like, damn, this guy is like so um, grounded for being so famous. So what happened was we were in Kansas and we're just standing outside the hotel. It was like me, X, Bazaar, and maybe like two other people. And some fans come up. They're all like shocked, of course, to see DMX standing on the street in the middle of Kansas, you know, and they're like, oh my God, DMX, ah. And he was just like, where y'all going? And they were like, oh, like shocked. You know, they're like, oh, we're going to get sushi. And he was just like, all right, let's go. And just starts walking with them. And we're like, all right. So we all start walking with these random fans to this sushi restaurant, like down the block. We all go in, we all sit at the same table. DMX is sitting there with these, with this group of fans, like eating sushi, like, and not like, it wasn't fake or like, you know, it, it didn't seem like performative. I mean, he was really enjoying himself, really having a good time with these fans, laughing, joking. The staff was coming in. He was having fun with the staff, took pictures with everybody who was working there. Like, and of course he got the bill. Like he paid for everyone's food. Like, I mean, I was just like, imagine being those fans and coming home with that story. Like we saw DMX on the street and he came and ate sushi with us. That sounds, I that sounds crazy. Yeah, I imagine Max eating sushi like fucking Tasmanian devil where he just takes the tray. No, no, he just takes the tray and just lets it all fall in his yeah. mouth, bro. Like he's not even, good. Could you imagine DMX using chopsticks, bro? No, that's insane. Yo, did he use chopsticks? Man, I don't, I do remember I think he was not quite into the like the cuisine you know what i mean because he liked yeah. like denny's like he would go to denny's burger king like that was his like speed you know like he wasn't like going to sushi's but i think he was just doing it on some like fuck it let's let's go chill with these fans you know like no, that, no that's fire um so, something you said that was that stood out to me was when you said he was more famous than successful and i think that's part of the conflict of like the bigger artists where it's like we see them on tv all the time and we see them selling out this and that and it's like they're way more famous, but the success is, you know, it's not really there. Thing about DMX that I always appreciated was like his gratitude, because when you speak about him being grounded, that's what keeps you there. Like you still so far away from where you want to go, but you know where you came from. And it's yeah, shit was way worse before. And I know I got a long way to go, but he seemed to embody that a lot. And I think that's why a lot of people like genuinely just like loved X and rooted for X because through all of his struggles, all I ever saw was people root for him. And like, like Amin said, nah, he gonna be good. It was never like jokes or like, you know, not from us, not from like the real, like we support X. It was like, nah, he gonna, he gonna come back from this, man. He, he gonna be good. That's, that's X. We always had that love for him. So like, just to hear you tell that story is like, it just kind of, you know, brings that point home for me. Like that's Mark, real. Let me, let me ask you, Mark. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw a lot of people over the last couple of days saying like, like what Trey said, fuck the media. Da, da, da. I'm like, maybe I'm just following the wrong people. Maybe I'm following yeah. the right people. But like, I felt like overwhelmingly the reaction great was great stories and love mm. and and nah, stuff New York like that. Times was trash, fam. And they oh, they, 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 they did they, him they, dirty. They did him dirty. Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. No, I, they posted I, I saw his that. um yeah. foreclosures. You know what I'm saying? It was it was basically spitting on the grave, fam. And like yeah. it was really disrespectful. That's what people um, were talking about. Yeah. I thought I thought the Daily News did a good job because they highlighted obviously homie old boy from across uh, across the country. I mean, I in like the other country. Song. And then they did because they said uh, you know, Prince and then the Prince of Yonkers. And they did right. a split cover. And I was like, that's classy. But when you highlighting New York's own. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm on ground. I'm on ground zero here. 
you couldn't go anywhere without hearing X for the past fucking four. And I think hours. they did that yeah. when he was still in the in his in like his like battling, like fighting for his you know for his life. Like they did that in the middle of that. It wasn't even you know at any time it's it's tasteless. You know, let's get that clear. It doesn't matter like what you know what point, but you know, it's like times can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, I was alive in '97 when I first heard. Four, three, two, one. I'd never mm-hmm. heard of DMX, never heard him before. And um, his verse at the end, like his cadence, his voice. His, I was like, what yeah. is this? Stay out the dark. Cause if I catch you when the sun is down, run it, clown. Come up off that. I'm going to gun it down. Run it now. Wherever it's going to go, it's going to be that. See that? That shit will finish you, dog. Believe that. Where we at? Do you value your life as much as your possessions? Don't be a stupid nigga. Learn a lesson. I'm going to get you either way. And it's better to live. Let me get what's in your sock. Because it's better to give. To receive. Believe what I say when I tell you. Don't make me put you somewhere where nobody can smell you. And when the lights is out, they don't come back on. But say the flick, you ain't going to come back on. You ain't that strong. No it's but you ask for it, baby Use a big nigga Ski mask for it, baby So I can hit you up on front seat You get dumb sweet One heat One deep Leave him behind One hey, sweet One, two, three, four And then of course He drops Get At Me Dog Which just That shit was a fucking explosion In New York City I don't know if I can't speak for the rest of the Ooh. country But in New York it, it Like they were like freaking It was like folklore that like clubs would tell DJs you can't play this song because people start yeah. breaking to get, to get yeah. too crazy, fam. You know what I'm that saying? Was, like DMX, like that whole movement, that shit was just it was all encompassing in New York. Like the whole yeah. Rough Riders thing, and you know, I swear, like 40 million niggas got bikes after DMX and them started no, popping, right? Like it was so, you know, New York Times could do whatever the fuck they want. I I I, I was alive, I remember this guy's impact and you know, in 1998, that's when Hove obviously sort of had his ascent. He dropped Hard Knock Life and and all of those things. And he sold five, famously sold five million records. And of course, Puff was bad boy, was still pretty freaking on top of the world. And here comes this dude who is talking about being homeless and sticking people up to eat. And his shit is the biggest shit in the game right in the middle of like, fucking jiggy era you know that's what i'm gonna remember about fucking dmx that guy was a freaking alien from outer space bro he made good yeah. christian robbery music <laughs> that was it bro you know what i'm saying because you could get god and then you could stick somebody up and then ask for forgiveness at the end of the cd yo like, but why wa- you said four three two one was the first dmx the first time i ever heard dmx was on that verse that was before the bullet See, I heard, I heard. That, this, I think this, pull it was after that. Okay. I, uh, pull it was after that. I heard, I heard. Get at me, dog. First, it was on a Clue mixtape, mm, and I was just yeah. like, who, "Who the fuck is this?" Because it was just <laughs> the energy was just so different, right? And then four, three, two, one, and then pull it was the one with Cameron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they never then, made an album. And then I think I want to say the first single was Rough Riders Anthem, right? Mm-hmm. Off the album, yeah, that was like I get at me dog. No, get at me dog was this was the first oh, thing off the right, album because you, you gotta I, remember I, me. I heard that the, at the video. If you have epilepsy yeah. or whatever, you can't watch. Yeah, because yeah, they shot at the even... tunnel. <laughs> they shot at the tunnel, and it's all black yeah, and white. Hype Williams did all black and white, and it was like it wasn't a video. They just basically brought cameras. That was an actual. You know, a lot of times the the video the performance do performing live, and but it's not really a live performance. This one was like truly. A live performance, and it just 
shot it in black and white. Um, Elite, what was the first DMX track you heard? It's got, you know, it's got, hearing y'all talk about it, uh, it all kind of blends together for me. I feel like it was probably 4321 because, I mean, I love that song so much. I was a huge Cannabis fan. I remember I had <laughs> this mixtape. It was called DMX versus Cannabis. I don't know if any of y'all had it, but that was like, Yep. When I how I became like a DMX fan, it was like all the freestyles and DMX and Cannabis and Noriega had a freestyle on Funk Flex where they all it was the three of them and they all like did verses back and forth and I remember listening to that nonstop. Uh, I think that was before his album came out. Um, so you know, around the same time as you guys. Uh, for me, I was intro to DMX off Harlem World. Um, Take what's yours. Twenty four hours to live. Twenty four hours to live is crazy. Yeah, I, was, hours to live, I said, "Oh, I said, who is this nigga? He barking yeah. on this motherfucker." Yeah. I said, "Oh, nah." Twelve. That video was crazy too. First Wait, of all, yeah, just, we, uh, yeah. He popped, popped out the mud. And you got twenty four hours to live, right? Like did, it was yeah. kiss on the. On Where did the, you go? The, yeah, nah. Kiss had a crazy verse on there, but the fact that crazy. I was exposed to him around that time, and like again, again, going into that that tour, right? I got introduced to obviously Ja Rule through Hove and then also, you know, DMX through Mace. But that 98, which was my eighth grade year, bro, getting it's dark as hell is hot and then flesh of my flesh in the same year. I know we we I know people talk about Hove all the time and all this other shit, but DMX was 1998. Like yep. yeah, I, worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. like I know, I couldn't, I can't imagine, I can't even like process in my mind what New York was like in 1998. But to even have the West Coast a lot, ear, a lot of Averex jackets. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. But I'm saying, around so, and, and Vasquez boots. But, but like, think about that though. Like to imagine to grab the West Coast ear after post Pac and have yeah. us locked in and like, yo. This nigga got a motherfucking dog chain on. He got yeah. the back tat. He grimy. Mm-hmm. Like, he painting the fucking picture, but also, like, the struggle. He not flashy. Because, you know what I mean? Like, niggas is on the fence. We was just now welcoming that shit. So to right. see it, it was exciting. The energy the nigga made. He was the first nigga to actually make hype music for the layup line, fam. Dog. Like, Rough Riders Anthem, my nigga? I mean, yeah. are you trying to, like, bang out? Yeah. <laughs> that nigga was like every he was like every east side detroit nigga like ever because like you know in detroit I always say we had the benefit of like not having a dog in the fight because like we wasn't part of the east coast west coast right. the down south or whatever so our radio played everything we heard everything and when dmx came on my very first memory of dmx was like one of my homeboys was a huge huge cannabis fan so when y'all say four three two one I remember that song like just off the top because he used to play nothing but cannabis all the time. That was me. So when I heard, yeah, like he, I'm telling you, it was like all, every single time he'll be like, hey, put this on. I'm like, son, is that, is that? Can-? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, man. So, um, but with X, what stood out with him was like, you got to remember too, like me getting older, I got friends and family that's in New York. He's from, but like from Yonkers, like not the main you know, Harlem, Brooklyn, none yeah, of that. Yeah. It's Yonkers. Like the, like kids call it the forgotten borough. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't put that in the forefront and for him to take over like that, like that means something because it's like, nah, that's undeniable right there. Like, I don't care where you are in the world. 
when you hear his music, you're gonna feel it like it's just it's different. Like he he really just was different, man. Like I think that's just crazy. I, when I would first listen to him, the thing that stood out to me, just you know, I was in high school, so I was a kid, and it, this was all like hearing these things to me at this time was like you know, a lot of rappers were talking about killing people. They're talking about robbing people. Talking, they, that was like the theme of rap at that particular time that I was listening to. Of course, there was the flashy stuff, but then you had like all these other, you know, there was other artists that were doing this at that time. But I remember as a kid, when I would hear that stuff, I'd be like, all right, this sounds like stories. Like, you know what I mean? These sound like kind of fictional stories of people kind of enacting these things. When I heard DMX, that was the first time that just as an outsider and observer, you know, from the suburbs, I'm hearing this and I'm like, this sounds like this is true. Like this guy is saying he killed somebody and I'm believing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, he yeah, might have actually done this. Point. Like he was just so Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is too, Ali, is he like so much shit that you didn't I didn't realize at the time. Like he put a lot of like jail culture in his raps, right? Like when he talked about, you know, every time he come around, I got to get my dick sucked or such and such would have got fucked on the yard or whatever. I'm like, yo, right, man. this is yeah, different. I'm going to tell you, man. But like, it was real though. Yo, go back and listen to Where the Hood At. I was like, I don't know if I can play this at the live volume anymore. I used to love that song. And I'm like, that was your thing. I mean, y'all niggas having sex with the same sex. Oh, <laughs> hey, that song right there, my nigga. I I was listening. I was going down a a ex like wormhole, bro. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, my nigga, that song right there. I said, yeah, this ain't flying. And then also the yeah. movies, right? So I watched Romeo Must Die. Then I went to oh, Cradle yeah. to the Grave. Uh, that shit wasn't flying in 2021. Oh, he, no. had me hot. he had me hot and no, cradle sir. to the grave, though. It was one scene, and y'all probably seen on the Instagram story where the nigga ran. He was getting chased by the dog, and a nigga Man, ran up the wall. the wall and hit a flip, and the dog yeah. ran up with him. I almost <laughs> broke my TV. I was like, nah, y'all niggas is wild. To be die. fair, to be fair, though, Trey, to be fair, I feel like if you sign up to watch an action movie, the more ridiculous it is, the better of an action movie Bro, it is. Let me to tell you me. something. Y'all know I have a podcast called Cinephobe, man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> let me tell you something. Trey, when I saw an Action Jackson, my man drove a Ferrari up the staircase and then around the hallway in the, <laughs> in the house. That was the day when I realized anything could happen, man. Yeah, this bro, man, Action Jackson. The scene where he's on the quad, bro. That nigga was riding that quad through everything. I'm talking about it was like a five minute chase scene of the niggas just riding it through a warehouse where niggas is just moving out of the way like, oh, he over there jumping. Mr. Gore could life. never. Hey, he was jumping and leaping bounds across buildings in a quad. I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, bro. Y'all got me. And, and to me, that's that's how big of a star X was that Action. he did get into the movies, right? Like, people were so drawn to his personality that they were like, yo, why don't you come act in this movie? Why don't you, like, play some type of, you know, yep. detective or cop or action hero? It's, it's crazy. It just speaks or to his magnetism, or, man. In the in the case of Belly, why don't you just play yourself? <laughs> so I feel Listen, like he played himself in all the movies. Oh though. my god, man! Nah, but Belly he was, was a superhero, so let's just go play a superhero. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Belly, Belly was X. Yeah. Belly was X for sure. Like nigga had um, a leather trench on with leather pants, nigga, and some bro, listen, some nasty. So listen, he had some nasty butt naked Tim's on. Them shits bro. was patent leather, damn near. I was mad. That's what they wore in New York, bro. New York niggas was rocking them, oh, them butt naked god, Tim's, dog. Oh, man, they were sure. 
Stop. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Jerv been choosing violence all day, no, man. No, I'm gonna tell you something. Jerv, you wouldn't even know what Timberlands exactly. were. Exactly. What are you talking about? Look, look, y'all wonder why I take my shots because of that arrogance right there. Y'all, y'all wouldn't even know what Timberlands you were. Wouldn't, wasn't for, you wouldn't. You really Fuck out of here, Y'all would have still been rocking dickies without us, fam. The, 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 uh, which, the Capri pants. <laughs> hey, hey, no, no dickies, Y'all would have still been rocking Capri pants without they us, fam. Hey, I remember that. Y'all still would be copping them 7X jerseys from the ball on the corner. The fake joints. If it wasn't for us, we ain't missing on that. Y'all were rocking the joints with the spider on instead of the NBA logo. Real quick, real quick, real quick. You at home playing Philly bingo right now. He just used bowling joint right back to back. So just pick your card and all that. You know what I'm saying? He used that right back to back. 1996, we went on a road trip down to Philly. These cats would put satellite dishes on the top of their houses just to pick up Hot 97. They're like, oh, shit, I think I hear flex. Oh. <laughs> but you but you road trip to us, though, right? New York City. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not leave that part out. You came and visited us, though. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but, so, sometimes you want to go out to the country, you know? Just, just yeah. <laughs> real, real quick, real quick, just to get back to Belly, like, um, like the scene in Belly, Belly, period, right? Like it's a lot of classic moments in the movie, but my favorite scene in Belly, period. Is, is there? No, no, it, it's a lot of classic moments because what I'm talking about is it's like- It's not the, a good movie, but- well, did, no, no, Hold no, on, hold on. No, no, no. They're classic There's moments. There's a difference. Classic moments. This is what I'm trying to, yeah. So the moment when he was in the car and he was like, and shorty can't eat no books, man. Like that's one of those things. And then he said, then he told him, you put the weed in the bag, then get money. Like that's X. Nobody wrote you, that. I guarantee you, nobody wrote that line though. Like they the, couldn't. The, There's no way. When then, when in the restaurant. <laughs> oh my! Uh -huh. oh, you gonna let you gonna let this nigga talk to you like that? <laughs> nah, look, he gassing. He uh huh. <laughs> Al living it. Like that's why like his like, opening oh, scene when they all just walking through the club. Oh, the slow motion. Mm -hmm. But that's the illest part to me. Cold, coldest I mean, was, open ever, ever of any movie. Because I saw those first few moments and I thought to myself, "This see what I'm saying?" He just made. said, "Is there?" But, but they, and tell no, right they, around, they, yeah. But that we later on in life we realized they blew the entire budget on that open, on which the is why yeah. it was dark yeah. as shit. That uh, and that and Ox's weed supply. That was it. That's where the budget went. Like oh, it was like man. 90, 10. And that hey, was man, definitely not that sometimes was sometimes you gotta have the necessities. Absolutely. They went, they went authentic with it. That's yeah, absolutely, they definitely um, went authentic with it. Yo, uh Elite, leave us with, with some lasting memories of X-Man, like as someone who knew him. How do you well, think? How do you think he'd want to be remembered? You know, I don't want to pretend like I knew him like that closely. You know what I mean? I'm not, it's not like I was like his best friend or anything. You know, I was around, you know, I was around as like a shy kid who was kind of just observing, you know what I mean? Um, lucky enough to be, and, you know, honored to have worked with him a few times, but like, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a tough question for me to answer because, um, I think genuine and authentic is the best words that I think, you know, it, everyone says real, you know what I mean? But it's like just transparent is to me what he is, you know, like that's what makes a superstar is like someone who's unapolog unapologetically themselves, you know, like where, I mean, to him, it was like, it was extremes, you know what I mean? It was super extremes as a viewer. It was like, okay, you're either, you're either, you're either like on top of the world or you're like in jail doing some crazy, it was so extreme one way or the another, but it was like all on the table for everyone to see. And that was like a sacrifice, you know, that a lot of superstars make for us as like viewers to kind of sit there and just watch and be like, wow, this is amazing. Watching this like 
extremely bright fire burning out, you know? And it's like, I don't know, I think as observers, it's like, sometimes we look at it and then we're like, this is, this is awesome. But at the same time, it's like, is it? Cause this is kind of like, you know, like this person is sacrificing their, their experience for us as viewers, you know? And it's like, obviously this happens a lot. This is not just like a DMX thing. I mean, this is something that happens in our culture a lot. You know what I mean? Like with famous yeah. people, especially people who are, bright burning superstars like this like a Whitney Houston or a Michael Jackson you know it's like this is a repeating thing that I think we should look at as like is this cool you know what I mean that like this is happening to these people and like nobody intervenes and can you even intervene I don't know but I don't know man I'm getting I'm running on a tangent but like how he want to be remembered I, I I don't want to be you know like I can't speak for that but I do think that how I will remember him is just being hundred percent authentic and courageous as hell too. You know, he was a courageous person. And I think he had a lot of, a lot of balls, you know, <laughs> and I respect yeah. that about him. And he was super honest and he gave his life for us to kind of watch as viewers. And, and, and I think that's pretty cool. You know? Sure. Well said, bro. Beautiful Thanks said. a lot. Yo, th thanks a lot, Elite. You know, I appreciate long short notice you coming in here, man, and yeah, no dropping problem, the man. knowledge and giving us. A and also, also before you get out of here, every single time I see the word Elite anywhere, it's that I always yeah. hear it in my head, like Elite, 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 Elite every Elite. single time, every single time, bro, like, <laughs> without fail, bro. Like, so I can't, yeah. can't even call, call that. can't even call players Elite. Oh, he's an Elite, uh, Elite, Elite, Elite. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you. 30 seconds to say whatever you want to say about the Knicks because Elite is the oh, only my. person other than Proof who's like the like the the most the most delusional Knicks fans in the world. Elite and Proof, they go back and forth. So I feel like I, go, get, I, I get, I'm, not, I'm not that delusional, man. I think yeah. I just I just enjoy I'm enjoy I get I get a lot of flack in our little sports chat because I'm enjoying this season and everyone's like, oh, but we're not going nowhere, we're not developing your young players and James Dolan, da da da. I agree with all that. I don't like James Dolan, I don't like the long term. But I'm just having fun this year. I mean, it's a fun team to watch right now. Did, like they're playing did you, defense. Did you or did you not give RJ the new nickname Star J? <laughs> I'm trolling when I was saying that. No, you're not. <laughs> so he's kind of killer though. I ain't gonna lie. That's fire. That's fire. <laughs> Where'd he go to school? Oh, fuck no, out of here, George. Yeah, <laughs> I like RJ, man. People give him a hard time. Like, I feel like he he's he's judged unfairly. I think he's doing he improved a lot this year. He's doing like he's shooting like yeah. his he proved his shot. He plays defense. Like, what do, you, what do you want from him? He's doing good. He's, he's legit. Elite yeah. be posting stats like since Anthony Edwards talk shit about <laughs> he cost me some money. He cost me some money on a parlay a couple weeks ago, or uh, maybe like last week against Boston. I had like Boston minus three. And he hit a three at the end, but I'm, I forgave him for that because he's he's really good at basketball. He's 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 really good. So no, that says a lot. Yeah, yo, yo, yeah. shout out Elite. Thanks a lot, bro. Yeah, thank you guys, man. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Put out. In 2021, mental health is finally a thing. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. Therapy helps, and it doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. You could privately talk to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with stress or you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. 
And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Black Opinions Matter. Listeners will get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash B-O-M. That is BetterHelp.com slash B-O-M. See, let's talk about it. Dante Wright, 20 years old, killed, murdered, I should say, by police in Minneapolis uh, almost a year to where the uh, to when the George Floyd ha- uh, murder happened, uh, not too far from where the George Floyd murder happened geographically. Uh, he's pulled over for, I'm going to be honest, I did not know. I mean, I, I guess I should know, being black, everything's illegal. Air fresheners from your rearview mirror, that ain't legal? Did any of y'all know that, that that wasn't legal? I did not know that. I knew it's a. I knew it's illegal to have like a certain amount of stuff to hang from your rearview mirror, but I also just didn't think motherfuckers gave a fuck either. Also, Never heard that because I have shit hanging from my mirror right now. Everybody say, does. I, I thought if that's you, where it's supposed to be, but you know, I, like, I don't know. They, they make it for it to hang from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you can, what are I we think, doing? I think you can have like one or some shit like that, but I don't think you can have. My nigga, that shouldn't oh come. That shouldn't. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm know, just saying. I know, I know. No. I know. Yeah, please I know. don't. I'm not, not me. Yeah, no, nah, I know that. Me. I know that. I know that. I'm not trying to loop you into that. But I'm <laughs> gonna say this unapo- <laughs> um, unapologetically. Fuck the police, bro. And no, I, no, no. Listen to me, because I'm fed up. Yeah, go ahead. Like, go ahead, bro. I've had. I got homies on the force. I got all these other people. You know, what I'm saying. I understand people got jobs and they got to do what they got to do. But this ain't a job where you can make mistakes or say my bad. And in this particular case, you accidentally grabbed your gun instead of the taser. Who, who no one that? does that shit. You know what I'm and saying? Held it for, and listen, this is important to note. Held it for mad long. Let's 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 you know, let's say that held it for long enough to know. Oh, wait, this is not the gun. I mean, like, this is not the taser. This is the gun. Like. You had time to notice, and if you've been trained and you carry Mari, this shit out here, you know Mari, what you're grabbing. It's not even the same trigger. It's not That's the what I'm same saying. trigger. It's right. not the it's same not... grip. And it's supposed to be on opposite sides. It's, when, it's right. on opposite side. Like right. how are you you so bad at this where you don't even know your left and your right. And most importantly, when you pull it out, that bitch is bright yellow. Shit look like the cold right, right. here. It look like these. <laughs> right. I'm like you should know it. Should like your eyes be like, what the fuck am I holding? Right. If right. you hold up something black. Like I should be seeing yellow and right. I'm not. And so again, I go back to if your thing is like, well, this job is stressful. And if you knew and like, what the don't do the job. Yeah, it's not for you. It's not right. for you. This is not a job right. for you to make mistakes. You are to protect and serve. Go to not, Walmart, nigga. Not take anybody's lives. You know what I'm saying? In the situation now, you got um a mother without a son. You got a son without a father. You got a, you know, uh, I don't know if he was engaged or whatever, but, you know, his partner does not have a partner. And that's unfortunate because this young man was 20 years old, lost his life. He even called his mom like, yo, I'm going to get pulled over. We shouldn't be dealing with this. We're, this is, we're almost approaching, I think, a year 
of, uh, you know, the George Floyd situation and nothing has changed. Honestly, it's like, okay, we get things smoothed over, right? The things that we supposed to be happy about. Most of us are vaccinated on this call. We're expecting to have a good time outside. How are we going to have a good time outside when still these things are happening? I don't feel safe going outside. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel safe driving a car. Even when you're all the way legit, bro. Like I'm, I'm all the way legit, bro. I don't speed. I don't do none of the, you know, whatever shit. But, but when I see a police officer, the feeling that I get just in my stomach and my soul is just like, man, I hope that they don't, I hope that that, that they not in a bad mood today and just feel like fucking with me. And I shouldn't feel like that because first and foremost, the police, when you think about the police, right? Like right now, if there's a disturbance in your neighborhood, if there's something going on in your neighborhood, if you don't think that you can handle that situation, you call the police. Like, and I'm talking about the average citizen, you know, mm-hmm. nine to five person, man, woman, whatever. You call the police to handle it because you don't think that anybody's around is equipped to handle it, right? How are you supposed to feel confident when there's a coward on the other end of that call that will pull somebody over that poses no threat to them and take their life for nothing? Like, there's no immediate I wish, you know what I wish? I wish wish they had killed them because, uh, like, some, just like on some, I had a bad day or that, or, you know, the motherfucker uh, license came up with, like, the fact that that you pulling people over, anybody over, anybody over, over an air freshener, man, is is yeah. but that's what we go back to. We talk and it's man, it feels like we always in reruns on this goddamn show when it comes to this shit. But we talked about it a year ago. I told the story about the guy who had a friend. He grew up and his friend joined the police force and he went on to be a journalist. And one time he said he ran into his friend and the guy was like, "Yo, we should go on a ride along." And he said, on the ride along, all the nigga kept talking about was like looking for some action. And he hear shit on the radio and they like like speed just to get to some place, just to fuck shit up. This is their attitude. They're looking to fuck shit up. And so that's the only reason I can think of anybody, anybody, anybody getting pulled over some air fresheners. Bro, if that's a law, that's a law that does not need to be enforced. It ever, does not ever, need ever. to exist, bro. Why? All, bro. What is At what all. is three air, ten air fresheners? What does that do? Does that impair my vision? So so here's a here's a takeaway from this though. Although this did not happen to anyone that we know personally, we as in black people have to deal with this on after effect. You have your colleagues, you have your friends that are not, you know, black asking you, are you okay? Is there a conversation? No, bro, this shit happens. You think about the unnamed, the non-media coverage. This shit happens every, every day. fucking day. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then obviously we get the DMs, we get the messages. Hey, can we talk about it? We're inheriting trauma. You know what I'm saying? Revisiting this. And it's unfortunate that black people are forced to explain the reasoning of why we should still be here. You know what I'm Our doing? existence. You know what I wonder when, when people ask me this shit? Where the fuck were y'all last year? For like anyone asking the question now, did y'all just wake up out of a coma? I'm a, let's forget about 1492 up until 2019. I'm gonna let that one slide. Maybe you were just in your own bubble. Right. Where were y'all 2020? But y'all missed also, all of 2020? But also too, 
I want to say this, and this is like important to note is like, when we make just small statements, and I'm, I'm not talking about the institution of like Black Lives Matter, none of that. I'm talking about just the statement itself, right? At its core, we're telling you that Black Lives Matter, stop taking these Black lives, you know, like just don't do this shit just because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. My thing is when you see us standing up for the stop Asian hate, stop all of that, nobody, nobody, we didn't come out and say, stop all hate. No, like, bro, it's we focus on this right here, right now, because this is what's going on. This is important. Let's not make, let's not like forget this. Let's not like downplay this because there's other shit. Let's focus on this. Yes, let's give energy to that. And this is, and it all comes back to this. Like, it's it's us when we say Black Lives Matter, when we say the cops are doing this, everybody tries to, yeah, but, yeah, but nah, but, but you got to think. And it's like, no, we don't know because look at this. And they're like, yeah, well, that, that was the past. It's not the past, bro. It's happening right now, every single day. Every like, day. And it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, who's going to be the next one that we, you know, with the hashtag on social media and shit like that. It's getting, it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't want to say we numb to it because <clears throat> every single time this happens, I feel it. Every single time. Like, I don't want to say that, but it's becoming so normal that it's like, again, you know, bro, like, again. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Mari, I'm going to tell you some shit because Trey said, Trey said, you know, you, you're afraid to go outside, right? Like we're about to go outside now and make you feel like, oh man, this, this shit coming back too. This it's still nigga hunting season out here. You know, what's funny. I'm, I'm sure Jerv, you feel the same way. Trey, you feel, uh, I mean, uh, Mara, you feel the same way. I'm not scared about me. I feel like I'm gonna go out. So I'm gonna do what I want, man. Like, and if this shit happens, it happens, but I, I'm scared about my kids. Like, how do I explain this? How right. do I prepare my kids yeah. for this? For world? that. Yeah, because part of me is like, this is something we're going to have to talk about for sure. And then part of me is like, man, they live, they kids, they like, they're happy. They're just having fun. Like, Mari, how old is your oldest? She's 12. Have you had the talk yet? I haven't because I don't even know. Like, I don't I, I don't I don't see an opening to like go and just be like, hey, I know you just like on TikTok and shit, but let's talk about the police. Like, <laughs> you know bro, what I'm saying? I'm like, you, I just that's 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 how I feel. Like, I'm like, what you're saying I, is should I shatter, right. should I shatter right. their childhood and let them know right. like, hey, you can't trust cops. You can't trust white. It's people? different for us. Like, it's, it's different. It's, it's I think the most difficult part of that conversation will be telling them that it's different for us. Because then it would be like, what do you mean? It's different for us. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Um, what I mean by that is if you have a friend of a different skin complexion and a different you know, race, they can get stopped by the same officer. And this may go this way. But if you get stopped right. and, it, and it does, and let's and let's not let's not lose this. Right. Because it's not just black men. It's black women. We've seen this happen yeah. too often. Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Like we've seen this happen. Yeah. So it's not just. You know, um, if you if you have a son, it's like, oh man, my son. No, like, nah, black people. We're talking about black, black people. Are you black? Yeah. If, if you are black, you, I, you know, absolutely. So it's like, but like, but again, I just I just haven't found that you know, and I think that's the that's the difficult part when you when you talk about that, like having that conversation with your kids is like, where do you even find the opening to say that we shouldn't even be thinking about shit like that, man? Like, we should yeah. be thinking about preparing our kids for like uh, high school, college. Uh, getting a good job or doing this or like things you should look for, you know, as far as like hobbies and what are you into? We should be doing that like regular shit, not telling them that if you're just literally minding your business and this is not hyperbole, if you're minding your business, the police may come kill you. They might, it might happen. 
You have to prepare yourself to have that conversation with your kids because you have to prepare yourself to, to understand that that is the reality first before you even have that conversation with a kid. Like imagine teaching your kid about basketball, bro. Like imagine explaining the game of basketball to your kid. You know how hard that is? It's adults that don't know about the game of basketball. So I'm talking about something that's super like bro, on a small bro, scale. Imagine, imagine explaining the game of basketball to your kids and you start with flagrant fouls. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, before you get team fouls versus a personal shoot, foul versus a like, and that's crazy, the game of basketball. Man. That's something yeah. that's so regular that it's like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like, it would take you so long, and now I have to tell my kids about like people that are supposed to help you. How am I ever supposed to tell you to call the cops if you're in trouble? If, if the first introduction you get to the police is me telling you they may kill you, even if you're right. Even if you call them for somebody bothering you, you may be killed. Like that, though, that shit is like, it's getting me tight. Like, Yo, you know tight. you know what? I'm usually numb to this, but what was the biggest fuck you today was when they let that flag fly. They raised that flag and let it fly proud. The blue, that the blue, blue, the blue, that blue, blue line flag yeah, at, yeah. at the Brooklyn station. And not Brooklyn, New York. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. In Minnesota, in Minnesota, but it was just like, so that's how I, mean, I felt. But it, it, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's a war. They're telling you we at war. This is our flag. This is the flag we fighting under. Yeah. And you, and, and they're taunting us, and they're taunting us because you're not really blue when you, when, when you clock out or when you sign out for the day, you're a person again. I'm black period. No matter what line of work I choose, no matter what day of the week it is, I'm blackity black. I'm black. Like, I'm black, bro. You not blue. Like, get the fuck by, out of here, bro. You by not the way, blue. Also, let's point out, like, even if you is blue, nigga, you chose that shit. And you could choose to stop doing it. Man. I ain't got no choice in that shit. I have no choice in it. At I all, can bro. literally live in the nicest neighborhood and drive the nicest car. I'm still a nigga in the cool. Listen to ZZ Top and like uh, love. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, uh, fuck. What is her Amy Schumer movies? Like I could do all that, right? Like never. Who is this D Demix? Who you know? I could do all that. Yeah, <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, none of that yeah. matters, man. None of it matters because at the end of the day, I don't have a chance. And that's that's the thing I always say. No disrespect to uh, our our brothers and sisters who are LGBTQ. Because they have a struggle that's different and that's constant as well. But I always say to them, at the very least, for five seconds, you could fucking pretend and maybe pass. Ain't no pretending yeah. for me. Ain't no pretending. Yeah. Like I, this is it. This is it. Like that's facts. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Thanks again to our special guest, Elite. Thank you, Black Trey, Big Waz, Mariano, making his return, and. Big Jerf. Thank you, Rob Lopez, on the production. And thank you to you, the listeners, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing, unsubscribing, resubscribing, all that good stuff. And again, patreon.com slash count the things. We have an overflow episode coming out. We're going to talk about Snowfall, Kyrie. It's a lot of fun. You want to be a subscriber. Patreon.com slash count the things. And finally, to all my Muslim brothers and sisters, happy Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem. Let's get it. 30 days. We're going strong.